We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. So a couple of months ago, I had one half of the Shapiro brothers. Now I have the other one, Jerry Shapiro in the building, also known as my jujitsu coach. What up, Jerry? What's up? Thanks for having me. It's about time, bro. Yeah, well, you know, you're a difficult person to track down. Not really tr- track down, but it's hard to get you out of the gym, bro. Bro, I'm at the gym or I'm at home with the family. And then, uh, yeah, I'm at the gym so much that, you know, when I finally get a day off, I don't want to do anything. So, but I appreciate you having me. Finally yeah, man. I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you. I've gotten to know you a lot over the last couple of months that I've been here. Everyone, everyone on my show knows about my love for jujitsu. They know I had your brother on. Um, they've heard your name be thrown around in the past as I have conversations with people. Cause like, bro, I really do like three, four things all the time. One of them is jujitsu. I create content, play video games. And like, I play sports. That's really it. Like my ideal life is what I'm doing now. It's like those four things. I do that shit every day and I'm chilling. So like jujitsu is a big part of my life. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome. It, uh, it's cool. You're able to do that. Doesn't seem like you're doing anything all day that you don't want to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people how, like, now I'm in a position where everything that I do, I do because I really want to do. Like, I know it sounds so simple, but, like. But I, how many people get the opportunity to do that? Yeah. Like, it's, it sounds simple, but, like, putting it into action is a whole different story, right? Like, uh, work out every day. Like, it's easy. it sounds simple, but to actually find the motivation, the, di- the discipline to be able to actually do that, like, that's the hard part. You know, so saying that, that you're able to you put yourself in a position to be able to do that is awesome, you know, because it's, it's just so rare. Not, not many people get to say they get to get up and do whatever they want all day, you know. Is what you're doing now what you wanted to do? For sure. From day one? Oh, yeah. How long you been training? Uh, I started training in 2006. Um, and, yeah, I fell in love right away. I knew immediately it's, I had to figure out um, how to make sure that I did that. You know, that's what I did to myself. Like, I just, it was my calling. As soon as I started doing it is what I was looking for made me happy made me a better person my my head got clearer than it's ever been I just I just knew right away that that it was my calling man did you were you like a scrappy kid growing up was fighting something that you were around all your life like how'd you did you wrestle like what's what's the origin story that got you into jujitsu 
Um, so, yeah, I always loved roughhousing and, you know, wrestling with my boys. We'd spar, we'd do, you know, we'd box, hanging out. My dad boxed, so I was always around it with him and uh, seeing him. He did some fights, and um, so I was around it a lot as a kid. Never really gotten into trouble, like too many street fights or anything. But um, And then I wrestled in high school. thought that was awesome. Um, and then I was just a knucklehead in school, so uh, my grades didn't allow me to continue to keep wrestling throughout the season. I, would do, I did like two half seasons, so basically when grades were due, you would get cut. That was it. So I'd get like a tournament or two in, a bunch of practices. Fell in love with it. It was awesome. But yeah, as soon as grades were taught, you guys need, we need C's to be here. <laughs> See you guys next year. You know? Bro, that's so funny <clears throat> because back home, it used to be the same thing. So like my high school, Bryant High School, they had a really good basketball program and they were really good in baseball. Like one of the top schools in the city. And my coach would always be stressed out. Coach Rotundi, because I played baseball my senior year. I never played baseball my whole life, but... I made a bet with one of my buddies. I was like, yo, you come out for the football team. I'll come out for the baseball team. We'll just try out. And I ended up playing first base, which is like, it's probably the easiest position to play, I would say. Cause like, you really just do like four to five steps. Like your movements are very limited as opposed to everywhere else on the field. So I ended up playing. And then I remember bro, when it was uh, report card week, my coach was just like, cause he's my gym teacher also. He's like, Fuck, fuck, man. I'm like, yo, coach, what's up? He's like, man, report cards. I was like, what are you worried about? He's like, bro, half the team's going to fail. Right, that's what I was just asking. Was it you or just the whole team? So, yeah, nah, now nah, he's like, me, we got to switch things up. Me, I'm a career <clears throat> B minus. I feel like I'm a B minus everywhere in my life, bro. <laughs> like, I just do enough to get by, to not have my mom bitch and moan about me bringing, like, shitty grades to school. Like, if I got, if I got 70s, I was like, yeah, let's go. If I got yeah. 80s, oh, I was through the moon. Like, dude, I was so bad at, like, chemistry. Like, I don't want to come off as, like, this, like, punk kid. I wasn't like that at all in college, in, in high school or college. But I did just enough to get by, bro. Like, dude, I had to beg my chemistry teacher to give me a 65, which, like, I don't know how this, the, the grades were in, in, in Nevada because you grew up here, right? Yeah. So in New York City, you had, like, zero to 100. So we didn't have like A, B, C's and D's and whatnot. So like a 65 was passing. So my junior year, I took chemistry. Bro, I was getting like 20s. Nine, I got a 19 oh, on the test, bro. A 19. How stupid you got to be to get a 19, bro? Just what? Did, like weren't into it or? Yo, I hate science. Just didn't understand. Like equally across the board. Yeah. Like, just everything sucks. And then chemistry was just out of control. So I had to, the January report card, because usually your junior year is like the one that the colleges look at. So I was getting recruited by a couple of schools to go kick and play quarterback at, and I couldn't have a 40 on my transcript because that's what I should have gotten. And, you know, I had to beg. I begged my teacher. I was like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Just let me get a 65. She ended up giving me an 80. Oh, nice. Great woman. Shout out to Miss Malone. It's been like 12 years now. That guys, was in high school. Yeah, to get you guys will be all right. Right. Yeah. But, like, that's how I was in school, bro. Yeah, I, dude. That, that To me, like, hearing that, I'd be – that, that, that's amazing. That, that's work ethic. <laughs> that's discipline. Like, compared to what I did, man, like, if I didn't want to go to school, I didn't go to school. When I went to school. Kind of just went through the motion? Dude, yeah. Barely went through the motion. I was, I was in my own world, man. I just did what I wanted. There was, like, not much consequence to not do it. You know, I was just kind of a punk. And not, like, getting in trouble. Not, I never got in trouble with the law. I never got in too much trouble. I got in trouble with teachers because I was that kid that wasn't paying attention. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, if I didn't, if I wasn't happy... I didn't do it, like, period. So how do you go from that to martial arts and jujitsu, which is the complete opposite? Um, where, like, you have to be disciplined and 
you can't. Bro, I, I was telling your brother this when I had him on. It's the mm -hmm. only thing I do that when I'm doing it, I don't think of anything else. Like, I'm not distracted when I'm on the mat. Yeah. Because I can't be, because you're going to heel hook like an asshole, going to fight hands and yeah. not get choked out. Giant dudes mounted on you, you can't yeah, breathe. Like yeah, like, I'm worried about that where I don't think about anything else. Yeah. So how do you go from you being kind of an asshole in, in school to now it's taking over your life? Yeah, it's, it's on uh, an awesome... It's an awesome question, um, and it's actually what got me disciplined. Like, that's why I'm so such a nerd about jiu-jitsu and how it can change, you know, all these kids I coach change their lives because I was that kid that didn't have any discipline. Um, not just with school, man. I got out of school. I had 30 jobs, you know. I met my wife, and, uh, you know, her family hated me because I didn't have a job, and I just, you know, you need to be with someone who's going to be able to take care of it, you know. And it was just I always had my mind set on what I wanted to do, and, you know, if it weren't for jiu-jitsu and honestly meeting my wife, um, both of them are the first two things that I got disciplined with, you know, developed discipline with and, and stuck it through. When things got hard, it didn't matter. I pushed through, it, you know, the perseverance of things. Um, but training jiu-jitsu, like uh, you just said, how you're in, the, you're in the moment, you don't care about anything else, you're focused on that. Uh, that's what I meant when I was saying, like, I, I, when I started training jiu-jitsu, I, uh, I liked the person I was after. I'd leave the gym and nothing else mattered. All the problems that you went into the gym with, they didn't seem as, you know, as big of a deal, right? So, like, right away I felt like my mind, the benefits of, like, my mind uh, of training. Um, but just showing up and doing something I loved showed me discipline. And, I, 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 man, I can't tell you how many life lessons. I'll, we'll get into it more, I'm sure, as, like, we keep talking all the different life lessons I learned that I took from training jiu-jitsu that developed me into the disciplined person I am today because it didn't happen before jiu-jitsu. So, like, what I learned on the mats and all the lessons I learned on the mat that applied directly to jiu-jitsu um, ended up giving me the lessons I needed to be the man I am today. You know what I mean? So that's what's cool about it is I didn't have any of that, and jiu-jitsu gave me that, you know? I love hearing that because immediately I started thinking about my high school football coach and just, like, those practices too and just – Yo, everything I remember in my life, like from like that time, you know, being a teenager and whatnot, it, it all has to do with athletics. Like I can't tell you what my teachers told me. I can't tell you what prof prof professors told me clearly because like, you know, I mean, if you just listen to me talk, you could probably tell that too. But the love for sports and the things I learned on the fields, those lessons have carried like through life, bro. Like this one time, I'll never forget where, so I played quarterback and we lost this one game because this kid dropped like a wide open pass. Like, bro, so wide open. Like, the closest guy was at the TV, like deep, like 20 yards, 20 feet away from him. He dropped the pass, and I just ripped him to him. Like, yo, what the fuck, man? You just cost us the game, this and that. My coach pulled me aside and he goes, yo, I want you to remember this for the rest of your life. No one feels worse than the person that makes a mistake. And, like, I always think about that. Yeah. So, like, when someone does some, like, whack shit to me or they do some, like, weird shit to me, I'm always like, you know what, man? Especially if I know the person and I know that they're not a dick. Yeah, just made a mistake. Just made a mistake. Yeah. And I think of the lessons <laughs> that I've learned, like, playing sports that have made me the, the dude that I am today, too. That's why what you said about, like, the mats, that's so important. And so, like, it's dope to hear it, too. Yeah, man. It, it uh, Like I said, I'm sure, like, because off the top of my head, I can't think of too many. But um, as we talk, there'll be more. But just, yeah, just the, you know, something real general and generic that, like, I'll show the kids is, like, you know, we're obviously all terrible when we first start doing jujitsu, 
You're doing shrimps. You're doing stuff that just makes zero sense. You've never done in any Bro, other. I, I, st I still feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's it just before, like, you know, um, you go and do, you play football, you're doing, like, certain warm-ups that you've probably done maybe just in PE class or something. Like, in jiu-jitsu, when you learn these functional movements, there's no other time that you've done most of them. They're weird. Right. So everyone feels terrible. You're out of your comfort zone. It's hard. Um, you think you don't know who's good, who's not. So in your head, everyone's better than you. Um, you're diving into triangles. You're just get, doing the dumbest oh, stuff, right? Oh, man. That was a subtle shot. Us, you just us, did. us. Oh, yeah. We, right? Yeah. Not just you. Um, most of us stop doing that eventually. Yeah, so at yeah, some yeah, point, yeah. you're going to stop. Um, but uh, it's hard, right? It's hard. And you, uh, you keep showing up because it's fun. And eventually, you get better at it, no matter how bad you are. So, like, and, and that's the cool thing about jiu-jitsu is I've seen people of all walks of life, athletic, not athletic, people who have been playing sports their whole life to people who have just left their parents' basement playing video games their entire life, and they've never played a sport, right? Um, and if you put the time in and you really want to get better, they've, get, they've gotten better. All sorts of learning abilities or disabilities. Like, I've seen all walks of life get good at jiu-jitsu if they put in the time. So the excuses I hear why people can't train or why they're not getting better it's all BS to me, you know, because I, like I said, there hasn't been an exception. Um, but yeah, you keep showing up, you get better at it, and then it pays off, right? Like, so just that basic generic idea of when things are, just because something's hard, don't quit, keep showing up, and it works out, you know what I mean? And just that right there, like I teach the kids, and like they start seeing little things, but there's nothing like it in jiu-jitsu. It's, it's every day, you know, like football, basketball, baseball, like you might have that tough learning lesson once a week, right, during the season. Mm. Like, you got to deal with that every day. Even as a black belt, I've been training 17 years, and, like, I'm getting mounted. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm having to deal with getting out of chokes. Like, every day there's a struggle. It never gets easier. Um, it keeps you on. It's just because I have a black belt. doesn't mean, you know, my level's going to stay at the black belt if I don't continue to train and stay sharp. So it's just, like, there's so many little cool things that, like, you can transfer um, into your other aspects of life. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just jiu-jitsu is my vehicle. Right. right. Some people, like yours, podcasting, creating content. Like, you're a black belt in that. And if you apply that same exact um, formula that you uh, you did the same things you did to get to where you're at with creating content and applied it to jujitsu, you're going to be a black belt. Like it's the same thing. If I did the same thing and got you know went into your world, if I did the same things that got me my black belt, I'm eventually going to get to where you're at with this. You know what I mean? So once you reach a level in something, um, it applies to everything, right? Yeah, man. I've I've noticed that you you and your brother. Um, I remember I saw this one, I don't know if it was a meme, but I think it was just someone posted about like how uh, coaches or instructors just kind of show off their belts, but they're never like in the trenches with their students. Yeah. That ain't the case with you guys. Nah, man. I've been to a bunch of gyms, whether like back in New York or over here. I went to a couple before I, I stumbled on Syndicate where you were at, which happened by accident too. Like I just happened to be like down the road and I ended up, I'm so happy that that happened the way life worked, but you guys take pride in that. I could tell because you guys are fucking out there with us like twice a day. You're, you're always at the gym, bro, because I help you with some of the content and like you're just always there. Yeah, it's it, dude. Like I said, it's uh, it's definitely my life. I, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to do what I do every day. But um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, we we're, you know what we're saying, like leading from the front. Like I in general, man, it's tough for me, even if I don't like if I don't do something myself, it's tough for me to give someone advice, even though we both know that it's the right thing to do or it's like, like, let's you feel say like you, a fraud. If you I tell them, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 I can't yeah. give you advice on something that I'm not doing myself. Yeah. You know? So I try and that's real shit. There, live man. by most of the things that I would advise people to do, you know? 
Um, and again, you know, if I do tell you, I'll give you the disclaimer just because I feel like such a phony. Like, listen, man, I need to follow my my own advice. So, you know, I, sh I should practice a little bit more with my with what I'm preaching right now. But you should do this, you know. But I try and just live by that, man. Like, lead from the front. I can't tell people to go out and compete. And, you know, when someone's, like, telling me they're nervous and they're, they're scared to put their ego on the line, they don't want to lose, for me to be like, man, who cares about losing? Don't, you know, don't worry about it. Just go out there, have fun. And then I'm scared to go out and compete and not, you know, do it with them. So I feel like it, there's a lot of benefit in uh, that everyone seeing me go out there and not just win. That's the other thing is putting myself out there and I'm losing. I'm competing against some of the best guys in the world. So my students have seen me lose. And I feel like it's more beneficial than, than them constantly seeing me win because now I'm up on this pedestal mm -hmm. that they feel like they'll never reach. They see me lose. They're like, all right, coach, you know, I, I look up to coach. He obviously knows what he's talking about. And he's out there losing too. Like we're all human and we just got to train harder. We're just kind of going through the same grind. I'm going through the same grind the white belts are as the blue belts, as the purple belts, you know? So I want everyone to see that constantly with me and my brother, you know? So I feel like it's important for them. Hell yeah, man. And it's also inspiring too, to see that you're there in the trenches with us. It goes a long way. Cause for me, what's crazy is I, uh, dude, I realized what the levels are to jujitsu when I came out here. Cause like my, my background, for those that don't know, like I started training November of 2019, right around Thanksgiving and Sergio De Silva was my first jujitsu coach. And when I went to class with him, I feel like you've heard these stories too before where first class, bro, like he put me in side control and he was like, yo, get up, try to get up. I couldn't get up. I was trying like, and then I got on him and he framed, got up. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. this is crazy. Like that's simple. And then the first person I ever rolled with was this 14-year-old kid, Joe. He probably weighed like 130 pounds. He was training maybe maybe a year. He was training a year. He, had a, he, he wrestled also, but 14 or 15-year-old. And my coach, Sergio, was like, yo, go with him. I rolled with him, bro. Just like ragdolled me. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was shocked. I didn't go with anyone else after. I just couldn't like. Yeah. It's like Process. a culture shock. Yeah. I was like, what the? What just happened? And then Sergio was like, yo, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to show up Wednesday, which was the next time we're having class, or you're never going to train again. Yeah. Showed up Wednesday, and then the rest is history. Dude, that's a very important, like, fork in the road for a lot of people. It's so cool that you chose that way, but I can't tell many people, like. That was something I wanted to ask you. Like, how often do you <clears> see people come and try for the first time, and then you don't see them again? All the time. Yeah. People are constantly coming to the gym. Man. Would you say it's more people that come, try it once, and never come back, or come, try it, and then stay? Um. So that's, like. It's a layered question because some people will continue to show up that next day. Mm. But, man, two weeks later, three weeks later, four weeks later, two months later, it's a different story, right? So the people who actually stick around and, you know, try to make it somewhat of a lifestyle. And I don't even mean every day. Like me, I'm obviously a nerd and I'm there all day. I try to make this my life. I revolve my life around it. But, if you know, two week, or I'm sorry, two days a week is consistent for you. That's all you can make because your life, your family, your job but you decided to make those two days a week that you can make a priority to jujitsu. Those people aren't, don't, those are very, you know, few and far in between, but the people who, you know, I would, I would say it's 75, 25, 75% will try to show up the next day. You know, who knows how long they last after that, but there's a lot of people that come in and they just, their ego can't take it, man. I feel like it's a great selling point that I'm a tiny dude. Like when people come into jujitsu, like, 
if you are, you know, like my, my, my coach, the owner of the gym, John Wood, like he's big tattooed, intimidating looking guy. Like you come in, you get beat up by him. It's like, ah, you kind of expect it. Yeah. You're supposed to beat me up, man. Yeah, you know, cause that's, I did that. Like there was dudes who beat me when I first started training and I was like, ah, cool, man, you're supposed to beat me up. You know, give me a guy my size. But um, when a guy my size, when a guy my size can uh, do that, you know, make you feel helpless and you're, you know, they're, they're half your size. I yeah. feel like that's such a cool, cause then now it eliminates you know, any physical attribute. And there's any, no excuse now. Exactly, no excuse. Yeah. Like, this is all technique. And it just, it doesn't say anything about me. It just speaks highly of jujitsu. Like jujitsu works. It's good for a smaller person as it is a bigger person for a woman, for a man. So it sells jujitsu. It doesn't sell me. It sells jujitsu. If you, you know, train te the technicals um, and focus on the technique of jujitsu, you could get good. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Right? So that's what I think is so cool about it, man. Yeah, nah, that's super awesome, bro. Because I... Cause I think of it like Sergio was probably like, he fought at 125, so he was a small dude too. And you would see like some kids that I used to play football with, they'd come and try a class. One of my favorite stories ever was, I had just gotten my blue belt and there was this dude that was outside of our gym. And uh, he was like 6'3", maybe 250. Super gym bro. Just comes up to my coach Hugh, uh, Hugh McKenna, he's a, a black belt from uh, Long Island MMA goes up to him. He's like, "Yo, you know, I got the hands, right? I got the hands." The one hitter quitters. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "You know, if I put my hands on you, it's a wrap." But he's like, "I want to do this grappling shit." He's like, "All right, man, come and take a class." So he comes and takes a class, and uh, he's like sizing. I see him like sizing up everybody, and Hugh goes, "Yo, go with him," and he points at me because I'm like, "Bro, like, I got a lot of heat for that video that I put up." Which one? The one yesterday about how if you're if you're an upper belt, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and you gotta like reach into the bag of tricks, like in my <laughs> mind, I beat you. And you got all these fucking jujitsu geeks that don't have any personality or sense of humor. Like, yeah, that just means your technique is trash. It's like, yeah. bro, like have fun for once. For sure, like, yeah. I, I saw strictly, a couple of those bro, comments. truthfully, Jerry, I do jujitsu because I'm one ninety five now. I was I got pretty fat at one point in my life, and it's my favorite workout. Yeah, I want to get down. Yeah, once I get to 180, you'll see me once a month. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna put all that weight <laughs> you back. You did on. it. Yeah. Once I get to 180, you'll see me once a month. That's why I'm training so much. So for me, like it's it's like really fun, and I'm happy go lucky. Like I like fucking around on the mats. Like yeah, I take it seriously, and I'm trying to get better. But for me, it's super fun. So Hugh points at me, and the dude comes over. He's like, "Yo, you ready to go?" And like, bro, I just like ragdolled him, and he was getting pissed. Just getting, he it's couldn't right. believe it. Yeah. Cause I like, yeah, he was like six three, six four, two fifty. Had right. never trained grappling. Yeah, and just like you know, sing, I'm not a wrestler. Single leg taking him down, fucking yeah. mount. Just like doing whatever. Yeah, and, and he never showed up again. Never showed up again. No, yeah. couldn't take the embarrassment. For sure. And his ego, like even in his own head, like he was probably making excuses. Oh, if I was pissed off, that wouldn't have happened. If I, I see red, bro. If I hit him, yeah. If, you know, if there was punches involved, I would have hurt him. You know, like so. But just people want to live in that fantasy world. They they make that choice right then and there when you when you're at that fork in the road. Do I want to? realize that I don't know as much as I thought I knew and get better? Or do I want to just live in my fantasy world and just never have to deal with that again? You know, did you, did you run into that fork in the road? Oh yeah. Right. Um, actually not right away, man. So like I started at, um, this, it was like a satellite gym. They had like a gym within a fitness gym. That's how, that's how I started training too. Yeah. So I started there. And so like most of the people that were there, a couple people who trained or had trained over the years, but like, you know, people who were like kind of going to the gym, I did well. I shouldn't have done as well as I was doing. 
So I thought I was the man. And it, it, it was honestly good because it let me know, like, all right, like, I have some natural abilities, some natural talents. I might pick this up. Um, but I was doing too good to have just been starting off. And then the people who were beating me were these juiced up. I remember one guy, um, his name was John Petta, big muscular dude, purple belt already. And he would like tap me with neon belly. Like he would just grab my knee, grab my head and just fold me like a suitcase. And I would tap and it didn't impress me. It was like, ah, it's not very technical. He's supposed to be doing that stuff to me, you know? Um, it wasn't until I actually went to, so the instructors that were running the program out of that uh, satellite gym or that, out of that fitness gym, they trained at Cobra Kai. So they finally invited me uh, over to the main location. That's where it set in. Like, I was like, oh, like that, it really put into perspective there. Um, it was all technique. It wasn't about me being a strong, scrappy kid that I thought I was or that I was, but just like, it didn't matter. I got beat up by someone so unassuming and he, he did it so effortlessly that it like, yeah, it was like a, a shock to my reality. And it was like, man, if that guy can do it, like it let me know, like, I got to learn this. Like, there's something about this. It's not, it doesn't matter how big and strong you are. Even wrestling, I saw how technical it was, but it's a hard go and it's only with people your size, you know? Mm. This guy messed me up, man. And I was like, God, I got to learn this. Like, I don't ever want to feel like that again, you know, or eventually I want to stop feeling like that. But or eventually you want to be able to do that yeah, to someone. I couldn't live in that world, man. It's like where I was, I was like, this, I'm. What belt were you at the time? Oh, white belt. This oh, is white like, belt? This is like three months or two months in, a month oh, or okay. two in. That I finally went to the location. Yeah, I didn't spend much time at that other spot. Um, the coach saw that I was serious and he saw I liked it and I wanted to compete. I asked him about competing. So he's like, man, you need to come over to the our main gym, you know? And so I went there and yeah, bro, it was rough. And then I saw like other guys. So my coach, uh, the guy who gave me my black belt, Sim Go, man, I'd watch him. Uh, another instructor there, one of my other uh, first coaches, Sonny Nahara, I would watch them go, man, and they're my size, maybe a little bit smaller. And they were just ninjas, dude. What they would do to big people twice their size, three times their size, so effortlessly. And they just looked like it was, they were legitimate ninjas to me. I was like, oh my God, I got to learn this shit. You know, it was so dope. So dope. And it was cool because my coach, Mark Lehman, he was a bigger dude. <clears throat> but Sim, Sonny, the smaller guys were like the gym enforcers. So I got to see like big dudes, like you're saying, over six foot, over 200 pounds, just meatheads coming in, like wanting to fight MMA. This is 2006, so Ultimate Fighter is like Word. just getting, you know, like yeah, it's gaining yeah. its popular. I can fight. I want to come in and fight. We're in this rough part of town too. So we get all these characters coming in and instead of like the big strong dude getting sicked on him, it was a dude my size. Yo, I want to be one of the pit bulls here, you know? So it was just so dope seeing a dude my size um, holding, holding the fort down when some idiot came in and just making the person just quit and leave, never come back. Or they'd stick around. More oftentimes than not, though, those type of people, those egos coming in, it's too much to like get them back down to earth enough to humble themselves to start training. Most of the time they don't come back, you know? Hell yeah, man. That's why it's dope to see, like, I don't know if, um, like, I, I was a big, I still am. I'm a big wrestling fan. It's like Dave Batista. Yeah, yeah. He just became a brown belt. Yeah, so dope. That dude started training at 41, yeah. bro. Think about that. Oh, for like, sure. Like, you're a fucking millionaire and you're a celebrity, one of the best, like, well, not best actors, but he's had some banger movies, some big roles, and, you know. Yeah. He's this... 6'6", 280. I'm sure yeah. he probably went through some trials and oh, tribulations sure. to start. Think Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds yeah. just got a blue belt. Like, that's dope. That's the fucking awesome. home run leader. Yeah. Going in there, probably getting ragged all by some, like, 15-year-old girl sure. that weighs yeah. 130 pounds. And being able to humble themselves enough yeah, to, continue to continue to go back to the bottom of the barrel. They've already made it to these heights in their life, right? In their, in their fields, and they're willing to humble themselves. And it's the same thing, like I said. Like, they understood what it took to get um, successful in their other parts of life. And so they knew, all right, I just got to reset. I got to do the same thing. And 
now Batista's a brown, but he's almost a black belt. That's sick, you know? You know, it's so dope how no matter like how successful you might be in your field or if you're a millionaire, billionaire, whatever it might be, like now you're seeing like Mark Zuckerberg is training yeah. jujitsu and you're seeing all these like celebrities and like former athletes that are transitioning into doing either MMA, whether it's for fun or, or some of them want to fight or with jujitsu. It's like, yo, the mats don't care. At all. Don't care how much money you have. You can't buy yourself skills, right? Yeah. Like, you, you really got to. It's one of the few things, bro, nowadays where like you can't really buy anything with it. Like you can't, not not with it, but I can't just come up to you and be like, yo, Jerry, here's 5K. Give me a black belt. Like that's not how sure. it works. People have tried. People have tried offering you money? Not just to get the belt, but they think that their money is going to give them like some sort of fast track. Right? Like, and dude, like we can spend all the time in the world together all day. But if you're not like legitimately putting in the work for yourself, it's not going to go anywhere. So like, I can't even give that to you. I can, I can literally spoon feed you all my knowledge. I'll give you every shortcut possible. I'll tell you the answer to every move. This leads to that. This escape is for that. If you don't legitimately put yourself in those and go through the dirt road, you're just never going to get to that level ever, you know? And the people who have tried, like there's people who I know, like, you know, not to shit on any, you know, academies, but like there's, you hear, I hear famous people getting promoted because they only do private lessons with some big name instructor. There's been a black belt forever. Just automatically, I know that that person is probably not the most legit. Like if they really rolled with a competitive blue belt, they probably get smashed, you know? But they've put in the time, kind of, but man, you got you to gotta take the dirt road. There is no... There's no freeway to that, to that black belt, you know? So, like I said, if with all the information that I give you, I tell you how to mount escape. If you don't put yourself on that mount, that bottom mount, and get smashed 10,000 times, it doesn't matter. You got you, you to gotta take the dirt road no matter what, you know? That's what's so dope That's where about the kids, man. You get your, yeah, when you get to a level, it's just like, man, there's, there's nothing that can take that away from you neither, you know? You can't buy it, and then it can't be taken away from you. Right. You know? How quickly can you sniff out how good someone is on the mat? When they tell you what their belt is, um, guy comes in and he's like, yo, I'm a black belt. Oh, I'll know right away. I'll know right away. And you're judging it? Or are you saying like, man, that school ain't shit? Oh, yeah. Nah, yeah. not ain't shit. I don't want to be hard on anybody. I think it's just it, the sport, unfortunately. Come on, bro. I'm trying to go viral. I want you to say some wild shit, you know? Okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Like, it just, it, it sets a bad name for whatever school that is. Like. That's a, that's a real thing, right? Like if, if you get if you give someone a black belt or a purple belt, whatever belt it might be, <clears throat> like that's representing you yeah. in your school. So yeah. you don't want to give it to someone that's trash. I take or it. That there's doesn't represent it. For sure. There's different variables. So let's say there's somebody who's just never been very athletic. They have all the knowledge in the world. They just can't apply what they know. Mm. I've known people who are great. They have bro, they they can break stuff down. Excellent coaches. They know the moves they put in the time. They just they're not they're not great competitors or something, you know? So there's different variables that people can get their black belt. But overall, if someone comes in, let's there's, you know, some 30, 20 to 30 year olds, somewhere in that range, like I'm a purple belt, like I'll know right away. And then I'll definitely know what kind of, you know, coach they got. And, and sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's good. They're like, yo, I'm a blue belt. I'm like, damn, dude, you could be a brown belt, you know, like. Oh, so it works that way too. Oh, 100%. Like there's some people that surprise the hell out of me. And now it's just getting even worse. Like there's these athletic kids and like the access of information, all the best dudes in the world, Gordon Ryan, all these dudes got instructionals. People are learning and, you know, it, people are getting better at a much, much faster rate. You know who so else got instructionals? Check it out. Let's go, Patreon, baby. That Patreon. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, people are getting better. So some dude, there's blue belts come in and I'm like, well, what belt are you? And they're like blue. And I'm like, God, crazy. You know, it's, it's nuts. So it works. It definitely works both ways. But I never wanted to be that guy. They're like, yeah, I'm a purple belt. And then they're like, 
in what man you know karate or something went on jujitsu there's been it's 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 nuts i never wanted to be that guy though but i could sniff it out right away within like how many seconds of you rolling with him i mean the first scramble you yeah. know first like 20 30 seconds damn bro because yeah. I, I can feel it when someone goes with me like right away too yeah i'm just like yeah they're they're definitely way better than me. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? It's not even, maybe I, I'm lying. Not even the first couple of scrambles. When we make contact, I can feel how tense you are. I can feel how uncomfortable you when I grab you. If oh. I grab you, you know, I can feel you tense up real quick. And you're a purple. And like, you're not comfortable here, man. You haven't been in this position for, you know, years on end. You haven't had somebody grab you the way, like, I'm grabbing you right now. And, like, you, you haven't reacted and dealt with that too often. So I, you're not a purple belt, you know? I can feel just by your energy, you know? It's, it's crazy. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, some people move and they're, they're scrambling, they're moving. I'm like, oh, this kid's got to be a so, you know, solid purple belt. I'm like, nah, man, you know, I've, I never got promoted. I'm a white belt, but I've been training for three years. You know, there's stuff like that too. Dimitri, dude. Dimitri's a monster. Yeah. We were just talking about him. I mean, it's cool being able to say I got white belts though. You know, come over with my white belts. You know, he's not a white belt, but like, right. dude, he, it's crazy. He just doesn't do gi, you know? How do you, where are you in the gi versus no, no gi debate? And um, I want you to tell me this as, not uh, like someone that's an instructor, as a practitioner of jujitsu. What do you mean? Because I would, you know, I would tell you what I feel is best overall. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, so tell me, separate. So I feel like it's they're both equally important. Right. I have more fun right now with nogi. Um, I like nogi more. I like the fast paced chess match, right? Gi's a little bit slower. It's a different kind of chess match. It's, it's, it's all jujitsu, but just different. So I'm enjoying no gi more, but I feel that they are both necessary to have solid, well-rounded jujitsu. To understand jujitsu, you have to know both. You can't be a black belt, no gi, and put on a gi and be a blue belt, right? Like get, just get smashed by someone because you don't know how to deal with the grips or your, your grip strength is off and you don't know how to break grips. You don't know how to control. You don't know the the translation of control points from no gi to gi right like you have to know it all and it's it, they're both important to know if you want to have good solid jiu-jitsu and then even mma like if you don't know how to apply your jiu-jitsu when someone's trying to punch you in the face like you're missing out on an element of jiu-jitsu i feel like i feel like it's all equally important you know now your goals may change if you only plan on doing adcc is gi very important not really but i'm saying as a martial artist the way i feel about jiu-jitsu as a whole you need all three of those things you need to train all three of those things and be proficient in them. If someone wants to be a fighter, what benefit do they get in the gi then? Um, so, man, for me, I feel like, obviously, if you got a fight coming up, you shouldn't be training in the gi. You got to make it as realistic as possible um, or applicable as possible, I should say. But um, for me, man, like the grips, those extra grips are, are a nightmare. Like like I said, Nogi's a fast-paced chess match. Like you're, you, you, people are slipping, you're moving, you got to develop different kind of grips and grip strength to deal with someone who has a slippery, sweaty wrist, right? Like to be able to control someone while they're sli On the flip side of that, someone has a gi, there's all these grips and handles you got to deal with. So in MMA, when you're, let's say, for instance, you're getting held up against a cage and you're trying to get up, right? Like I feel like I have an advantage and I'm able to get up pretty well because I'm so used to dealing with people controlling, not, you know, not just my uh, ankle, but like the pants, the, the end of the pant, the knee grips, the, you know, all the different kinds of grips. That, and I'm used to stripping those off. And now all I got to worry about is a, a hand on my ankle. It's so much easier for me to identify, right? I got to worry about that much less things. So I feel like the geese help me in that sense where I understand how to escape and scramble and move while you're trying to hold me down with all these grips. Those grips aren't there. 
I'm out. You know, that's how I feel like it's 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 beneficial. But overall, like I said, if you have a fight coming up, you shouldn't be out of camp. Get in the gi. You know, once or twice a week, like it doesn't hurt. Damn, that's a good ass point about the grips with you trying to get up. Like I never thought about that because I would always hear how if you're a fighter, you shouldn't really train in the gi because it doesn't really translate. But that's a good ass point what you made. There. Yeah, like I said, you preparing, sold me on that. Yeah. preparing for your fight is not necessary. You know, like, but you should be in the gi. You should know how to deal with it. So like, try and get up with someone controlling your pants. Like, try and stand up next time you're in gi class. Just stand up. Try and get up. Don't want to engage. You know, try and get up. It's hard, man. If you don't know how to strip the grips, deal with stuff, control, you know, either their hands or their elbows so they're not grabbing you. Like, it's just grip fighting, hand fighting to another level, right? With that many more things to grip and grab. So that's why I think it helps, man. I want to go back to when you started training. How long did it take you from white to blue belt? Um, so I started, I, I just basically did nogi for a while. And then I started wanting to go through the ranks. I wanted to get better and better. My coach told me what I just told you about you know, getting all sides of jujitsu. Um, so I would say overall, I think like three months from white to blue, but it's because I had already done three months nogi and then I'm, you know, did the quick translation. Hold on, you so, went from white to blue. So it was six months. But since I started training gi, it was like three months. So six months I would say I got my blue belt. Yeah. Damn, how how often were you training? Every day already. From the dude, from the jump. Like I was nineteen. I was training every day. Um, at least once a day. Then I started realizing like I wasn't training very hard because I'd, I'd hang out with my boy. Uh, shout out to Chris Holdsworth. He uh, he showed me. He was the first person I saw that was like locked in, disciplined, knew knew how to, um, you know, make goals and and check those check those off the list. Like I, I would hang out with him. We'd train in the morning. I'd go kick it with him. He'd he'd rest, refuel. We grab something to eat. He'd change you know do some laundry. So he had clothes for the. Uh, the, the night, night session, yeah. and uh, we go back to the gym, and, and doing that a couple of times, I'm like, man, this dude trains hard as hell. I was training once a day, and I thought I was training hard, like every day. He's in there twice a day. It's all he's thinking about. He's studying film. He's watching tapes. So he really showed me how to, like, get involved with the jiu-jitsu lifestyle and, and really get after it. But, um, so, yeah, I started training no gi. Three months in, started training gi, and then about six months, I got, got that blue. Yeah. But, yeah, it was bros every day. Like, I, I loved it. I, when I, I started seeing, like, adults there every day. Like, yo, don't you guys got families? Like, I was 19. I lived at uh, <laughs> home with my parents. Me and my wife did. And I was like, I can get why I'm doing it, you know? Like, I shouldn't even be doing I'm getting my balls busted for training every day. How do you guys, how do you guys train? And, you know, they're at the nightclubs, the day clubs, the strip clubs, doing security. So as soon as I turned 21, I had some hookups to get into the nightclub. And I can make good money throughout the weekend, you know, work two days, make money like I worked five. And then I had Monday through Friday to train, you know? Oh, damn, that's a dope schedule, bro. Yeah, oh, for sure. So I knew from, bro, from the start, like, it was like, I'm going to revoke. Before that, if I had a job and they're like, yeah, we can work around your schedule, like, I had to eat, like, if the schedule involved me being there between both classes, I wouldn't take the job. If I got the job and they lied to me, like, oh, sorry, we need to keep you, like, I bounced. That's what I'm saying. Like, when I had, I had so many jobs, because as soon as they, things didn't work out and I wasn't able to do what makes me happy, I was gone. Like zero discipline. It's probably not the way I should have done it. It worked out for me. Yeah. It's not something I would advise anyone to do. It's not what I'm going to tell my kids to do. Oh, you dude, know? on Nogi days, I've told uh, Jeremiah, he's the guy that runs the studio. He's the guy that also helped uh, kind of like spearheaded my move out here to Vegas. I've told him, I was like, dude, anytime you want me, any day you want me, don't hesitate. Let me be your first call. I got you. Because I know how to do a little bit of everything in the control room. You need an audio guy, you need a video guy, no problem. I was like, I have just one request. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I either need the two hours in the morning to be free or the two hours at night. Don't have me miss both. 
Yeah. It's my only request. For sure. There are some days, very rarely, where he's like, yo, I'm going to need you for both. I'm like, fuck, yo. Some sacrifices, right? But, yeah, like, overall, yeah. man, like, you made it a priority. Yeah. Like, so important, dude. Yeah, my wife used to get mad at me. Hey, we got we to gotta make a doctor's appointment. All right, we can't, you know, not at 11. It's not 11. Whatever we're doing, didn't matter what we're doing. Can't be around morning class or night class. I'll miss one of them. But, yeah, now it's tough, man. It's uh, It's a commitment. Hell you know yeah. I mean? It's a commitment. Hell yeah. Dude, that's why I started training a lot. Last couple, I'd say like the last four months, I've been doing some doubles, coming in like five, six times a week with the open mat. And one of the reasons why was because I would see dudes like Corey. I'd see PJ. Obviously, I knew, I, I figured you and your brother would be there for both. But I see a lot of people and I'd be like, Yo, you guys are getting yeah. reps. Yeah. And I, I would just around. be so behind. And I'm like, fuck, yo. And also, you know, like, jujitsu isn't cheap. I was telling you this. When I was back home, I wasn't paying for jujitsu. Yeah. And then I come here, and I'm training once or twice a week. And I'm like, fuck, yo, what an asshole. I'm just, like, punting my money away. I got to get in there. And then I just felt like I was so far behind. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. And then it gets to a point where it's like, all right, now I'm training both classes. I'm still not training enough. There's so much room to get better. I still got to get better. How can I get better now? So now it's like, now I got to watch film. My body can't take anymore. I'm already training both classes every round. Like, I can't fit any more in physically. So now what else can I do? You know, it's just like there's always something you could be doing, man. And I've, that's, that's where I started, like, really getting the understanding of how to train properly and be committed to, like, the lifestyle. You know, it's not just training a couple times. Like, you got to be committed, man. The best guys in the world, that's all they're thinking about. Yeah, it really is a lifestyle. It is a commitment. I know recently you went on, like, a vacation. I was so happy for you. I was like, bro, I feel like... Since I moved here, you were there all the fucking time. Yeah, and dude, even usually um, on vacation, I'm finding a gym. This was the first time in I don't know how many years that I went and didn't go to a gym. I just took the time off, you know? I mean, like, and this is the hardest I've been working, too. Like, ever since I started teaching at Syndicate, I'm there twice a day working. I'm teaching private lessons. I'm teaching the kids' classes. So this is the most I've ever been working. Um, so it was nice to get a little break mentally and physically. I feel like I was running myself, you know, um, dry, but uh, yeah, it was the first vacation probably in 17 years that I just took four or five days off straight. I lifted one day and then, yeah, Damn, it's nonstop, bro. man. It's definitely a lifestyle. Yeah. And also you're lifting in between that too. Yeah. How do you feel about the importance of weightlifting when it comes to jujitsu? Um, I'm seeing the importance more now, man. I think it's more the, the older I get, um, just for the longevity, just injury prevention and stuff, but it's it, man. Anything to give yourself the edge, right? So if you want to be a competitor, you should be lifting. If you, even if you don't want to be competitor, like I said, just for injury prevention and stuff, it's super important. Um, so the type of lifting, I guess, would be a better question. But I feel like it, overall, like everyone should be doing a little something extra. Cardio-wise, like you're going to get your cardio in your rounds, you know? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I didn't get to ask your brother this, but how was... How was jujitsu during the pandemic? Like, were you able to train? We were because we lived together, so it was perfect. Yeah, it was great. Oh, I got mats in the house. We were in the garage. Yeah, it was great. Me and him would bike. We, we bought bicycles and would bike up to the park, bring our gloves, and just spar. Um, yeah, we had fun, man. Cut, man, the pandemic, that was fun. Like, I don't wish it on the world, but fuck, I'll go back. Yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dude, it's such a, it's such a weird uh, conversation for me because, like, my, my personal life... So my, my dad has a coffee truck in, in New York City, 49th and Park Avenue. He's been there 30 years, breakfast sandwiches. Right before the pandemic, through the years of just, like, saving money, and, and I did really well playing, like, Daily Fantasy, like DraftKings and FanDuel, I saved up a good amount of money, like close to, like, $50,000. And uh, I put it down on buying a food truck with my pops, so we were going to expand the breakfast into, like, an actual food truck breakfast and lunch. Right before the pandemic. Yeah, so this was, like, October 2019. We had put the down payment, got the truck, like, sick. I'm like, yo, I'm going to take over the family business, you know? My main goal was always the podcast. Like, what I'm doing now is always my main goal, bro. Like, I would tell my friends back home, I'd tell my audience, like, this isn't just to be funny and silly because you know how I am, man. I really don't take myself too seriously. I love having fun. I love making fun of myself. I, I feel like it's it's good humor. It's, it just makes me feel good, right? Like, yeah. I'm really not taking myself too seriously. But I always wanted the podcast to be, like, my main bread getter. But until that point... I would do whatever it would take. I called my dad's job the dream supply that allowed me to be home at 11.30 in the morning and then I'd have the rest of my day free. Yeah, I would wake up at 2.30 in the morning to go into work, but I would have all this time to be able to do all these other projects. So, dude, I put $50,000 of my own money down for this food truck. Food truck finishes April 1st of 2020. Manhattan, during the pandemic, bro, was a nightmare. Everything shut down. Like, and this is before, like, the whole vaccine stuff came about. I'm just talking about, like, nothing was open. Shut down. Yeah. All the office space and all of our customers, all of our customers were, are, like, office people, you know, like, nine to fivers, big salary people, like, career gigs. It's not your construction workers and whatnot. And, like, all the office buildings were empty. So where we were making, like, you know... My dad was making close to 100K a year. All of a sudden, bro, all of a sudden, 35000 Like Just like 80% of the business just went down. And then our food truck is ready. And the lady that we got the food truck with was like, oh, you guys got to come and pick up the food truck. Now, when we would pick up the food truck from New Jersey, the moment it came off the lot, we needed to pay 3K a month for the financing. We're like, bro, we can't. We can't pay that. We Family has a mortgage. We can't, like, take the truck, so we just left it there. Long story short, I, even though I've been going on for a little bit, end up losing the food truck entirely. I lost $50,000 of my own money, bro. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this story is because you said how, like, you would go back to the pandemic. My personal trash, trash. I was down bad, really bad. But then the podcast started doing well. 
people needed content. Yeah. And then from there, I started working with the wind. And then from there, I ended up moving to Vegas. So it's like when I talk about the pandemic era. Yeah, it's mixed. It's, it's a mixed bag, bro. Yeah. For me, it's, you know, I was at the nightclub. Or I'm sorry, the day club that I worked at and then just training jiu-jitsu. Um, and I was, having, I was making good money at the day club. It was a great job. It was fun. Um, so I was getting by, but like I was just kind of on a treadmill. wasn't really going, moving forward with anything, you know? And then the pandemic happened. Were you coaching then? I was coaching. Uh, not really, man. I would fill in for classes. I was just at my gym that I trained Wait, at. So how long have you been coaching? I've been coaching on and off since, man, six months into training. Like, um, I'll tell you that in a sec, how like I started coaching. But I've been coaching the entire time, like uh, filling classes. I used to have like specific days that I would coach at my, the gym I came from. But I really started, I took over the jiu-jitsu program right as the pandemic shutdown opened. So June of 2020 is when the gyms opened up, everything started opening. Uh, John Wood asked us to run the jiu-jitsu program and that, that's when it started. So the pandemic like got me away from the day club, mm. shut that down, me and him. And I don't know, I've never actually talked to John about this. I don't know if it made any difference, but to me, it worked out for us because we would train in our garage and then me and him, man, I'll go back and I'll, uh, I'll send you some of them, but we would post like little instructional videos just breaking down a quick move. I would do one and he would do one and we would post it up to our Instagram every day. Just he to get being your brother. My brother, yeah. Okay. So me and him would just make little videos real quick. I'd film his, or no, I'm sorry, we'd film, I'd be his dummy, he'd be my dummy. We'd each give a technique that we'd want. We'd post it on Instagram. So we're just giving people jujitsu, like just teaching it every day, like a daily move, you know what I mean? And then not too long after that, John asked us, he, made, he called me and asked if we wanted to take over the jiu-jitsu program and things worked out. So for me, the pandemic like got me out of, got me off of that treadmill I was on mm. of doing nothing, you know, just still training hard. Nothing was really materializing though. And then it pushed me into that direction to finally get our own thing going, you know? So for me, it was great. And then I got, I got to spend time with my family every day. We didn't have anything to do. It was crazy. It was like we were kids again. What are we doing today? Got no, no responsibilities. <laughs> Let's go take a bike ride and go punch each other at the park. You know? Damn, bro. That's yeah, dope. Cool. So you've been, you've been now at Syndicate since then? Yes. Uh, we actually started training a little bit before that. Um, just MMA, though. We were just training our MMA there. And then Cobra Kai, we were training our jiu-jitsu. So um, we already had a relationship. And we already, you know, it was fun. Um, we were happy over there. But then we made the full transition from Cobra Kai over there. And now we're there full time. No, you know what I didn't ask your brother? Where do you guys learn? Do you, do you guys go and, and train with anyone as far as them being the coaches with you guys? Or are you guys at a point now where I know there's always room to expand and to learn more. But like, do you guys go to classes to, like, learn some shit? No, not anymore, man. Like, our, you know, my, I still have a ton of respect. And my coach, Sim, he's still always, you know, he's going to be our coach or whatever. But um, just time-wise, we don't make it over right. there enough. I just saw him recently, like, we're trying to plan training sessions. We try to get together more. Just, he's busy, I'm busy. But, um, yeah, if I pop into a gym, like, out of town, I'll go take a class like that. But not as far as, like, learning, I, you know, I know how to learn now. Like, I, I, you, you guys are my coaches. Like, the team's my coach, you know. Everyone brings something different to the table. You got an amazing Dars. So, Come when on, I'm man. getting, uh, my boy Vince has a dope, a I'm dope clipping dart. that one. I'm clipping that uh, one. Even though you wrist lock me like a bitch. I, I do what I can. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that before <laughs> when you were talking about like I could show you all the shortcuts and all these moves. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'll get in a good position. I'm like, oh shit, I got something on Jerry. And then you do some shit I've never seen before. I'm like, oh, where, where's that in the Patreon? Yeah. Where, where's, where's that in class? That, that hasn't been seen yet. Yeah. No one, you know, 
comes out when it needs to. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I just know how to learn on my own, man. Like that's the biggest thing I try and give all the students is like, I don't want people to come in and rely on me to spoon feed everything because one, you're missing out on a ton of the benefits that jiu-jitsu is going to give you from going through that trial and error and, you know, you're missing out on a lot. But two, like you just, I want everyone to learn how to learn. Mm. If I'm not there, they don't like, oh, I can't go to the gym today. Right. Use your training partners. Uh, Nick has a dope Dars. Put yourself in his Dars. Try and escape, you know. Try and Dars him. He's good at it. See if he knows how to defend. Like, use each one of your training partners to the best of your abilities instead of going in every day, playing your A game and just training for taps, you know. So me and my brother, we can go in and, like, I got something I want to work on. I, I'm not self-taught. Obviously, like, I'm studying a lot of film and stuff, but I learned leg, my coaches, we never did leg locks. Like, I came up from, like, the old school mentality, like, you know, don't do it. It's stupid to do in a fight. People, you'll break their knee. They'll still, they can still choke, you know, like just pass guard, get on top, pass guard, look for chokes. Like that was like the mentality. So we never learned leg locks, man. So I had to basically learn them for the team, you know? So I've, I've done it on my own. I've gotten to a decent level at them. Um, just studying and you guys, you guys are my, so you, guys you, are my coaches, you, you just learned leg locks? Like I would say two years ago. Yeah. For so real? Two, yeah. I got... Man, I got smacked. Bro, that's crazy to see because, like, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. I would have felt like you were probably one of, like, the early adapters or nah, just the man. people at the gym, too, how good you guys are at that. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. It's It's been, like, it's all I've been doing for, like, two years. It's, like, all I obsess about. It's, that's I'm not that's what where the game's at now, right? It is, and then it was just a giant hole in my game, and I don't ever want to be that coach that, like, obviously I don't know everything, but I want to be able to – give the students everything I can. And I went to a competition and went against this really good, uh, man, his name's Warren. He's a really good brown belt, man. And he leg locked me in the tournament, you know? And I'm already running the program. I'm the head coach, black belt, been a black belt a long time. This brown belt kid leg locked me, heel hooked me. And I was like, man, I gotta learn this. Like, this is ridiculous. One of my students asked me what to do from here. I can't give him an answer. I was pretty good about avoiding them. But once I got in the shits of them, it was, uh, you know, it was tough. So I, I just obsessed about him. Just been work, working on man. Is there, is there a type of, now you don't need to get too specific, but is there a type of person that comes into the gym that you kind of gravitate to that you want to coach? And what I mean by that is, is it the kid that looks like he's never been an athlete? Is it the, is it the the gym bro that comes in? Like, is there someone that comes into the gym that you kind of just like naturally pivot to, for whatever reason? Like, you see yourself in them, or you see that they got some insecurities. Like, is there a kind of person, like stereotype, like the kind of person that would walk in that you'd be like, man, I hope they kind of stick around with this one because I would like for them to be good. Is it, is it a, a young girl that's like 120 pounds? Is it a 6'6", 280 bodybuilder, bro? Like, what, what's that kind of person? Man, I feel that's a good question. I feel like there's been bro. This is where I got my black belt at. You know what I'm I saying? So I got like, some good uh, questions. For you. Come on, <laughs> I now. feel like I've had. An experience like that wanting to help every single type of person you just named. Okay. But the similarity that they all had was they wanted to learn jujitsu. Like they just had that want to learn. So the 120 pound girl, you know, wanted to protect herself because she, you know, her job, she has to walk to her car at night and she doesn't feel safe. Right. So she wanted to learn jujitsu. The athletic kid that, you know, he's already really good at another sport and now he, wants to take this on. Like, it's just all I care about is the want to learn jiu-jitsu. Those are the people I hope stick around. I don't care how athletic someone is. 
how good they come off to be. Like, I let them know, like, man, listen, you stick around. Like, give me, give me a year with you, dude. Like, I can, I can really help you out. You're going to pick this up quick. I couldn't care less, though. Like, how slow they learn. The people who actually want to come in and just ask questions, get better, go through the trenches. They want to go through the trenches. They don't want the spoon-fed approach. Like, those are the people I, I gravitate towards. And just the people who want to train it, man, the way I looked at it, like, I just wanted to be at a dope place and train jiu-jitsu with some cool people, laugh, talk shit, make fun of each other. Hell yeah. Those are the people I gravitate towards. Like, I want, I want, I want to train jiu-jitsu. I don't need somebody spoon-feeding me stuff. I want to train jiu-jitsu, obviously have a coach to kind of guide me, but I just want to be around cool people and us all train together and, you know, it's a boys club. Like, well, that's what I look for. I, I will say, man, the vibe at the gym is a big reason why I'm there so much, too. I have no desire to compete ever though i do want to compete one time and win because the amount of trolling that i'm gonna put in the world <laughs> is gonna be incredible undefeated. bro Just I'm, like, yeah, I'm the greatest jujitsu practitioner of all time i competed once never lost one and oh <laughs> highest win percentage like you guys like, yo, jerry, we gotta let, make it happen we're we're like, make yo, it jerry happen, let me show them how to do a leg lock bro like we don't, we don't need you no more. never been leg locked in competition <laughs> yeah Oh my God, me too. <laughs> I'm kind of getting a little stimulator We're right now. I'm just thinking happen. about this. You're going to compete now. You got to compete. Oh man. But one of the reasons why I, I really started coming more is because like, dude, all, all my close friends, all my friends in Vegas are from the gym. Yeah. Like the, the guys here at the studio, I see them often, but outside of the people in the studio, all my other buddies are from the gym. Yeah. And like the environment there is like a real thing, like the camaraderie and the joking and all that. But I do gotta, I do gotta push back on you, bro, because you, you're a hypocrite, and you're also kind of shitty in the sense where. I was filming one of your classes where you were talking to the kids, and you were like, "Yo, you guys can't be rolling together and like talking to one another. Like that's not what you're supposed to do because then if you have enough energy and you're talking, then you're not really focused on your drills or whatever it might be, and then every time us two roll." You're just fucking just yapping the whole time. So there's a difference. <laughs> let me let me let me clarify this. There's a difference between me being mounted and looking up at you and talking to you, having a conversation, not caring that you could be biting my nose off if you wanted to be, right? Or I'm passing your guard so effortlessly, right? The way I do. Effortlessly. Even though you got me a new one from Amazon, that's still that's passing still don't your work. guard <laughs> so effortlessly. Getting an amount and then just trying to hype you up, telling you how bad you are. There's, there, that's the difference, you know? So when the kids, if the kids can start moving the way I move so effortlessly with the other kids and be talking shit, I'll allow it. But mm. the, what I'm, yeah, the kids, man, they're funny, dude. They're the, I feel like I've had kids there for a year. They still don't even know what the hell they're doing there. Like, they don't know what's going on. They get mounted and they're happy as can be. Not, you know, they don't know the reality of things. Like, when you're an adult and a dude mounts you, like, he's trying to smother you. He's covering your face with his sweaty, hairy chest, like rash guard, breathing in. You're getting waterboarded. Like, they really want to hurt you. They, they, they have that scenario in their mind that, like, I might get in a fight and have to use this. Mm. Whereas kids, like, they don't give a shit, dude. They think it's kind of just, like, fun wrestling. It's just rough housing and, like, oh, yeah, this person on top of me. Like, they don't get, like, why that person being mounted on top of them is so bad, you know? So, like, I'm constantly talking shit to the kids, like, because <laughs> they talk shit to me. They mess me up, too. But I'm constantly like, dude, what are you having a good time about? You're mounted, buddy. Like. You know, I could, it's home for most kids. It's just home, being mounted, you know? And they're just comfortable. Is there a... Are you a sports fan? I don't think I've ever asked you this. Do you, do you watch any other sports? A little bit, man. I couldn't tell you, like... 
you know, any team I like. I couldn't name five players. No, but I watch occasionally, like, I'll watch, ba like, basketball finals. I watch, I'll watch, like, the World Cup soccer. Okay. I'll watch, like, football on Sundays with my brother-in-law. Um, he really got me more into watching watching football. But, like, I did occasionally here and there. I'm into it more now, you know, when I have days off and there's, like, a game on, like, it's a little bit more enjoyable. But um, not too much, man. I can't tell you, like... I wouldn't call myself a fan like that. Okay. Because, like I said, I couldn't name five players. I couldn't tell you who's so going to get drafted. Just, yeah, yeah, Well, I mean, you you don't need to. I think, like, that's a little – like, if you know all that stuff, I feel like you have to be doing something with it. Yeah. Like, you got to be maybe creating content or maybe because it's for work. I, yeah. I think, like, especially now that I'm in this space, like, I only know all this stuff. I mean, it was always my passion, but now I, like, have to know it. Yeah. It's dope to be on Sundays. I'm like, hey, man, I can't go to this thing you want me to go to because I have to watch football because I got to yeah, talk yeah. about it for my show. For sure. So it's like a job now. But the reason why I ask that is because I don't – I feel like a lot of people that do MMA or jiu-jitsu or mixed martial arts kind of don't watch any other sports. Yeah. It's just my experience. No, me too. I've, I feel like I've had a similar experience. There's There's – for sure, some, but yeah, overall, I would say that that's pretty accurate. Well, I just found out that Ryan likes he's, he has 49ers merch all over his apartment. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, oh, football. dope. I was like, I have someone I can watch. Dimitri don't watch fucking football. Shane don't watch football. I'm like, yeah. well, I got no one to watch football with. For sure. Yeah, Mike uh, John Wood. He he's a big fan. He'll he'll have conversations with uh, even Ryan. Like Ryan, a few people I know that actually are big fans, man. That I wouldn't have guessed. But yeah, it's just not never uh, outside of fighting, obviously. But even like MMA, I can tell you like UFC fighters, I could tell you like big names in the in, in MMA in general. But even jiu-jitsu, man, like I'm not always watching. Uh, I have like the guys that I like to study um, and watch film on and watch their instructionals. But overall, like I'm not keeping up with like the new world champions and who's right. hot on the scene right now outside of like, like I said, my few guys that I like watching for my own benefit, you know? The reason why I ask you that about if you have any interest in any other sports is because I'm sure you've probably heard this in the sports world in general or, or even in fighting, how that guy has that it factor. Is that the case in jujitsu too? Like, can you watch someone roll and be like, man, that dude could be a champion that he, he got that it thing that like is different from everyone else here on the mat. Yeah, I could. I mean, I would say I don't know about champion. I would say they're gonna get to a high level pretty quick. Like, can and you have look at someone and be like, "Yo, if they stick with this, they'll be a a black belt." One yeah, yeah, day. definitely. They'll be a black belt quicker. Like I said, man, I've seen people that just they got two left hands and two right feet, and they show up and they put in the work and they become dope black belts. You know, so I'm not gonna say it, but like I would say that yes, that person's gonna they're gonna be they could be a good competitive black belt and do really well, and they're going to get to their black belt a little bit faster than most. Like Corey, my, my, my dude Corey, man. He came in, and he was rolling, and, like, he's already smart, man. This is a question I have for you in a second. He came in already disciplined. Like, Corey, such a good kid, man. He was, like, 18 or – I forgot how old he was. Might have been already 18, but um, 18 or 19. Good grades in school, uh, you know, really good grades. College courses in high school. He's already, you know, wants to be a Navy SEAL, um, which most people – you say you want to be a Navy SEAL. I'm – chances of that to me it's like man I don't, I don't even it's awesome you want to do but like Corey, i believe whatever this kid wants to do i believe mm -hmm. when as soon as i met him and I, we were talking and i just he's very very smart just has his shit together man for a kid and it blows me away because like i said i was i didn't learn all this shit until i was in my 20s you know so to have some young kid like so much further ahead as far as like his discipline and his intellect all these other things the, the kid blew me away so i told i was like man you stick with that and he was just an open book dude everything i say to this day He's already, like, he, he's beaten black belts in competition. If I say something, he just does it. And he listens. He doesn't think he's above anyone. He learns. 
from white belts. He'll constantly show me some stuff that some white belt showed him that wrestled in high school that he's like, yo, check this out. He'll get tapped and be like, yo, that was sick. Like he's just got the best attitude in mind that I knew right away. Like this kid's gonna be a black belt. He's been training like less than three years, purple belt and beating black belts in competition. Like the kid just picks it up, man. He's just a smart kid. Like I said, has his shit together. So my question for you, you came into jujitsu having your shit together. Like I said, I, from my perspective, I needed jujitsu to develop all the things that mm. are beneficial, right? You already came in with it. You already knew how to be successful in one area of your life. What do you feel like jujitsu has benefited you off the mat? Like, what can you take from jujitsu right now? Damn, that's a good ass question, bro. Boom, purple belt in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got two stripes on that. One. <laughs> um, man, you know, dude, anytime. Anytime you see me training in the gi, just know I had a really good day. Um, on like, the mat or off? The no, no. Like, you know, I had an audition with this company. I got this sponsorship. I got, you know, just things are going well. And, like, the reason why I say the gi is because I don't train in the gi as often as I should. I remember one time I come up to you and you're like, yo, are you all right? Are you hurt? I was like, nah, bro, I'm fucking, I'm an idiot, son. I can't get fucking they hold my lapel and i can't do nothing and you're like oh this is what happens when you train once a month in the gi yeah like you're gonna have those issues but with jujitsu the for me it's like the ultimate like humbling like bro that don't matter how good my day has been yeah no matter how bad the day has been when i get on the mat it's just like completely different and i've never been calmer in my life on a day-to-day off the mat thing like from jujitsu. From jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. I never, dude, I've never gotten into a fight. Just, I'm the most passive person. Like, yo, you're a bitch. No, you could have it, bro. Like, yeah. no, don't matter. It's fine. Very passive. Now I'm even more calm. Cause, you know, you do one of these little darts action. You know what I'm saying? So now <laughs> I know. Like, I, t- I told my buddies back home. Cause you know, like I'm sure you probably have friends that you grew up with that even though you're a third degree black belt, they still think they can fuck you up. I don't think at this point. Nah. I don't think so. But at what point did that change? I don't know, man. Maybe the more mature they got. But I'm sure it lasted for a while. Like, I don't know. Not even like trolling? Because I got some friend that has never fought, never taken any classes. Like, trolling, I would have, I hope so. All my friends would still, yeah, all my friends. Yeah, that's what with, I mean. Bro. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would yeah, still tell yeah. Me I mean, like in a up. trolling way. Like, oh, my 100%. friends would be like, yo, I'll fuck you up. I'm like, bro, oh, you've never trained ever. Yeah. <laughs> so one time they were all trolling me. And uh, I was like, yo, you guys know I can literally kill all of you with my bare hands, right? <laughs> like, yo, fuck off, you pussy. You can't do nothing. I was like, bro, I am a trained assassin. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, dude, that- but dude, jujitsu has really made me like a lot more calmer. Um, I show more like I'm more sincere to people. And I've always been like this. Like I've always been this kind of guy. But now it's even, it's like 10x. Yeah. And that's where I think for me, it's, it's changed the most, man. So going back a little bit, like to your last, um, answer of like, if you had a really good day, you went, um, you'll do gi is because like you're craving like a little bit of like, you're having a good day and you're like, you kind of got you like, you like the humbling of yourself. Like I need, today was a good day. I need some, uh, I need some pushback. Yeah. I need need something. I need something to go South. Yeah. Like I I need to go out there or it could, it could be no gi too. It's like, yo, I have this thing where, like, you know, and again, don't take me too seriously, but I have a thing where I'll dedicate certain practices where I'm only going to go with people that I know for a fact I can barely get a pass on. Yeah. 
You and have it's to. Like, I love that. And I call that my hit list, but usually the hit list would be the other way around. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to go and smash all these. It's like, nah, when I have like, when I've had like a really good week, that Friday class, that open mat, it's like, all right, where's, where's Ryan? Where's Jerry? Where's yeah. Dimitri? Where's this guy? Where's Corey? Where's X? Like, let me go with those people. And then it'll just be 45 minutes of like three passes and one, one attempt at a submission. Yeah. But like, yo, I need that. Cause it keeps me like, yo, you ain't shit. The I think it's important. The willingness to do that, not just for your jiu-jitsu game, but just for your ego, like it's, it speaks volumes. Like I feel like most people do the opposite hit list. Like they had a good day. Let's not ruin it. I'm going to pick the four, the four dudes who I know I'm going to smash, but give me enough of a resistance to make it look good. Like I'm not just going to ragdoll them. They're good enough to give me some fight, but I'm going to come out on top. Like most, I feel like that's most of how people train. And like the fast track to getting good is what you're doing. You is need it, a little bit of that. You need to obviously work on offense. Right, right. The fast track to getting good is just getting your ass kicked. Well, I just, I just do that more so for, like, my sanity. Yeah. Like, for just to be like, all right, bro, you ain't shit. Just remember that. Like, yeah. yeah. All these things. You got this sponsor. You got this audition. You got, like, you know, the girl you've been talking to hit you back. Like, everything's going well. You need that one. Like, yeah. all right, let's get, let's get back to the real world. For kind sure. Of thing. It's, it's so important, man. It's awesome you're like that. What are your goals with jujitsu? Um, man, I have my own personal goals just to keep competing as much as I can. Like I'm getting older. So, um, I obviously like, I'm, I have a couple big goals. Like I want to win a world title. So I've, I've had my mind on that. My, my goals set on that. Um, and then, um, uh, competing against some big, big name guys. Like I just want to keep competing against really good guys. Um, and then, you know, balance it with making sure that I'm still holding down the, my obligations as a coach, you know, cause it's tough, man, to like go all in on competition because if I did that, it would take away from it would, yeah it would take away from the team so like i have to i found a sweet spot i feel like where i may not be competing at the biggest shows anymore right because that takes a whole separate obligation just like an mma fight would um but i'm still able to compete at a high level and do the things that i want to do and travel and compete in these different tournaments and have fun and still get to mix up with with these really big name guys but just in certain um, different settings um and still maintain my my you know obligations to the team because like, like i said one or the other if i go all in on the team something that i'm not all in right but i'm still getting my training in i'm training with the team like we're still I'm, i found a sweet spot where i'm still able to do my thing and focus on on all you guys you know well dude that's just i think that's just how life is though like if you go all in on something something else is going to take a hit yeah like i've i've definitely ruined relationships with people not even girls just like some of my friends where i've had to do my one of my best friends in the world josh he got married 10 days after I moved out here and like, I couldn't go to his wedding. Yeah. And it's like, bro, I can't, I just, I just moved cross country. I owe all this money to credit cards and to like my parents and a friend of mine that like gave me money for this move. Yeah. I can't just show up two weeks later, be back in New York for your wedding. Like my, sure. my dad's gonna be like, are you fucking crazy? Like yeah. we got bills to pay and shit, you know? And it's like, even going back further, there's been so many times where on this journey and I'm still like nowhere near where I know I'm going to go. Cause I know the work ethic and I know like the baby steps along the line. And that's why I also really love jujitsu, bro. Cause it's like a microcosm of life where, you know, you'll be going five, six months and then you'll get a stripe and you're like, Oh shit, this is, this is working. Right. Yeah. Like I'm a big, and I was telling the missus this, I'm a big, like figure it out guy, but I think you do need validation along the way. Like yeah. you need to have something where some shit happens that you're like, all right, yo, this stuff is working. 
So whether it's jujitsu, it's like, oh, you get promoted or you get a stripe. Or maybe finally you submit that dude that's been like ragdolling you for six months. For sure. With the content, it was, oh, this company wants me to work with them. Oh, they want me to? I never thought I would work with them. Yeah. I got this this person on my show. I got this sponsor. I'm making this kind of money now. Like, holy shit, this is dope. And that happens like every couple of months. And it's the same thing with like jujitsu, bro. Like every couple of months you get some new shit that goes down or you finally stop getting like with me. Eventually I'll stop fucking diving into triangles like an asshole all the time. Like that's my yeah. kryptonite, bro. <laughs> that's my kryptonite. Is there a move that that like when you were at like where my level is? Oh, bro, I was diving into triangles too, for sure. I was diving into triangles, guillotines, because I was sh- just shooting in, trying to tackle people. Um, oh, yeah. Probably everything, man. Those, those stand out, but, yeah, it's just everything. Everything sucks, man. What if someone was good at something, there was just no stopping it until there was. Yeah, you know? eventually. We'll get there eventually. But, yeah. but with me, like the, with jujitsu and what you said about with life, how, you know, you want to compete, but then it's going to take away from the gym or, or from the team but you don't want to take away from the team, but you also want to compete. Like, that's just the give and take of just everything, bro. Yeah. It's balancing what's best for the team. And also myself, man. Like, if I'm not, like, if I just go in all on the team and I'm not competing and I'm not training and I'm not doing stuff for myself, I'm not going to be the best version of myself for the right. team. You know, I'm going to be a little bit more depressed. I'm going to be a little more bummed out. I'm going to be a little more down on myself. I'm going to start doubting myself. Like, is this shit I'm showing still working nowadays? Like, like jujitsu is always evolving. So am I showing stuff that you know, is shit of the past or is it still relevant, you know? So that's mm. what I'm, that's why I'm competing too, you know? But yeah, if, I, if I'm not the best version of myself, then I can't give to anyone else, you know what I mean? So that's a balance. And then now I'm even trying to balance a little bit more. Like I've been working my ass off getting to where I'm at um, with the gym and, you know, and that aspect of my life that like now, man, I want to spend a little more time at home. Like I'm at the gym six days a week, you know, I want to spend more time with my family, my kids, like nice to, I'm trying to get away from so much work balance it out with more family life too you know so it's a constant juggle man you know all about yeah work-life balance man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm trying to get on jerry's level (laughs) with the juggling too dude you know i don't i don't think i've ever talked about this though but like man some of my goal i don't really i truly don't care about like belts or promotions like to me i i think like my main goal is like to continue to lose weight and also like just knowing that i'm getting better at certain things it's dope, but you know what I would love to do one day, bro? I would love to corner someone. In a jiu-jitsu match? Nah, in an MMA fight. Oh, nice. Yeah, And yeah. be like the jiu-jitsu guy. Like, yeah. that would be a dope fucking goal, bro. Yeah. To just, like, a legit be like, yo, I want you to be in my corner for my for my fight. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be UFC. Yeah. Just, like, you know, a, a pro fight. For sure. To have you come up to me and be like, hey, man, I want you to be in my corner that's my like jits guy. Yeah, that'd be so fucking cool. Yeah, it can be, man. There've been good and bad experiences with it, to be honest. Tell like, me, tell me a good. Good is, you know. Aside from my brother, but let's just, we'll use my brother. I'm his jujitsu coach. Um, I'm out there. He's in a fight, and I'm telling him to, what to do, and he's executing it, and I'm playing a video game, dude. I'm like Shane, watch out for this. He's he's what you know. We know what pass to hit here. He's this is what we worked on. You know, we got our whatever code words. And I'm just playing a video you're, you're game. Not, machine. But you're not you're not waiting until he's in the arm bar in the arm. No, no, no. There. I give him a heads up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This like is in competition. Too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um so Jerry, like, Jerry will, I'll be in an arm bar. So it's like extended like that. And Jerry will be like, yo, Nick, watch out for the arm bar. I've never uh, lied to you. You haven't? Right? No, you're right. Yeah. So it was just 20 <laughs> seconds too late. 
Um, so I'm like playing a video game with my brother, right? Or whoever I'm coaching. Because we, have a, dope, we have a relationship, right? Bad experience is like, hey, Jarrett, um, I've heard you're a good jiu-jitsu coach. Will you corner me in this fight? And we have no idea how each other moves. I have no idea what you're doing. Like, and I've done it because I'm a nice guy. You know, hey, bro, I, have no, I don't have a coach. Like, we help me out. The person I'm fighting is a good jiu-jitsu person. And then, like, now I'm cornering someone who has no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, they have damn, no that happens? Oh, dude, more than you think. Like, really? At the highest level, too. Like, I've done it where, like, we haven't worked too no much shit. together. I and never like, would have guessed that. And they think because they have a jiu-jitsu person in their corner, I'm going to be able to, like, magically get them out of some terrible situation that they haven't repped and prepared for for eight fucking weeks like they should have. You see what I'm saying? So now this person gets subbed or something and they're like who the fuck is this guy's jiu-jitsu guy and it's fucking my dumbass on camera you know what i mean so there's like good <laughs> oh, and bad experience so like now it's like i try to be a little more picky like hey man if you want me as your coach like come to class let's work yeah, yeah. you got to come to class you got to know what i'm talking about right everyone has different words and like um metaphors and analogies for different moves and positions if you don't right, understand right, what right, i'm talking right. about right because if not let's say i'm like hey watch out for the fucking arm bar now the other person knows like there's an arm bar available so now i'm like almost like I could be helping you or I could be fucking you, right? So like, we gotta know, we gotta know the lingo. I gotta know how you move. I gotta know what you like going for. If you don't even like triangles and I'm telling you to throw up a triangle, I'm an asshole now, you know what I mean? Right, so, cause that's not your game. Yeah, so we gotta, we gotta have some sort of relationship like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude, I never would have guessed that that's a, that's a real thing where people won't even know you and just. Oh no, like, oh yeah, he's good at jujitsu. Yeah, if I get stuck in a bad spot, he'll be able to help me. It's like, bro, like, it doesn't work like that. You know, I could tell you what to do, but if you haven't repped it and you don't have a feel for the technique like it's it's pointless you know yeah chemistry is a real thing man like in all sports like you know when i was playing i used to play in a really competitive flag football touch football sunday league for like big money too it'd be like three four k to just enter a team prizes would be like 10 20 25 000 and like i would play with the same group of guys like my whole life so there are certain things and like tendencies that you just know, like, I know this guy's going to be there, like, yeah. you know, a 20 yard slant or whatever it might be. Like, I know back at the end zone, I'm always going to find this guy. Yeah. And that's because of the repetitions and the practices or just doing it together for so yeah. long where, yo, that just blew my mind, dude. I never would have guessed that. Cause I always see, you see the corner come out when you're watching a UFC fight and like, you got the head coach, you got the striking coach, and then you might have, you know, the jujitsu coach. I always just thought that they're all just affiliated with one another. I mean, ideally, they are. At the highest level, man, uh, like I said, it's happened at the highest level. Like, I've, been, I've experienced, I've been a part of, but most of the time, if, you know, you're smart. You're going to have some guys that obviously know how you tick. Because the other thing, too, is not even technical. Let's say in the back, like, you're the type that likes to be calm. And you want, you know, you want to be in your thoughts and you want to just focus. And I'm in here yelling at you, like, let's fucking go. And I'm being a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, you don't need that shit. Or vice versa. Like, you know, I'm super calm and chill and, I'm and you, just you like, need a little hype up, yeah. you know, like, so you got to like, just know how people are, man. Like it's, it's a whole different thing back there in the fight. Like maybe you don't like too much coaching. Maybe you like a lot of coaching. Maybe you like a lot of the details. Maybe you just want short, simple things. Like, so it's an art in itself, man, corner, you know, it's cool. Like I've, I've had a good experience getting to uh, be in the corner with like John Wood and like uh, a lot of guys that have just been in the business for a long time and just listening to them corner and coach. That's a whole different thing, man. Like you think it's easy to get in there and just you know, shout some orders and people are going to listen. Like, bro, it's a, it's an art in itself. So it's been cool. I've been able to, you know, take notes from some really good guys that have helped me become a better co uh, coach and cornerman, you know? It's a whole oh, different yeah. thing, man. It's a whole different world. It's cool. Damn, bro. The last thing I want to say is I, um, 
the other thing, and, and I've noticed that you do this at the gym too. And when I was back home, when I would go to Long Island MMA, they would do the same thing. Like, I don't know if you've ever used this term, but like, he's a good role. Mm-hmm. Like, I would want to get to a point where like, when you have these fighters come in, I know how sometimes you're selective with who they should go with and for right reasons. Yeah. Cause like I see some people go with like a dude that's a fighter and you know, the ego comes into it. It's and like they their time tr- to shine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to get my comeuppance on this guy where I've seen you like point at certain dudes at the gym and be like, yo, you, you should go with, you know, go with him, go with that person. Like I, I want to get the two things. I would love to corner someone. And just be known as like a good role. For sure. That's how I was, like I said, like the enforcer. Like, I can't wait till my coach, like some dickhead comes in and he's like, Jerry, I need you to go with this dude. Like, I couldn't wait for that day, dude. And when it started happening, like, let's go. Just a big box to check off on my list, you know? Hell yeah. But yeah, bro, just keep showing up and doing what you're doing. You get that? We're gonna have another talk. Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look back I, at this I told, I told uh I told your brother, because I had him on first. If you guys haven't checked out that episode with Shane, Shane Shapiro, still getting love on that one. Please go and check that out. Now I had Jerry on. Uh, thank you for coming, man. I know that this is one of your off days. So for you to come out here, I really appreciate it. And uh, Shane was like, yo, I want to I do a show with me and Jerry. Will yeah, you? it'd be so much fun. And I was like, yo, we'll do that when I get promoted. Cool. Yeah, yeah. When I get my next belt. Definitely. Oh, we'll have fun, man. I know it's I know it's frowned upon to uh, ask for belts and promotions. I'm not asking for belts and promotions, but this is content and it's part of the conversation. When do you think we would see uh, you and your brother on a show with me? Like from <laughs> from so so hold on, right? You like how I did that one? Yeah. All right. So I'm a blue belt. I'm a blue belt, right? How long have you been a blue belt now? I've been a blue belt uh, since 2021. December 2021. I got my blue belt, bro, and I cried my ass off because it was two years. No, it was a year after my my buddy Sergio passed away. Oh, shit. My original jiu-jitsu coach. Yeah. Yeah, he committed suicide. And uh, on that day, a year later, I got it. And, bro, one of the happiest moments of my life. For sure. You're finally legit, dude. That's what I looked at. Like, you're finally legit. Like, I had cauliflower when I was a white belt, so, like, all I couldn't wait for was, like, some color on my belt. So, like, people didn't stop and say, like, hey, man, you train? And I have to say I'm a fucking white belt. Like, I couldn't wait to just say at least I'm a blue belt, dude. It was such a big step. Yeah, I always, yo, from day one, Jerry, I was like, yo, I just want to get a color, bro. Yeah, for sure. I was like, the white belt is kind of trash. That's why I hold it over Dimitri's head. I'm like, yo, bro, yeah, Yeah. with that shit, with that white belt shit. So my question to you is, uh, if one is a blue belt, 10 is a purple belt. I have an idea where I think I am. I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty honest, self-aware person. We're going to do a three count, and then I want you to give me a number from one to 10. Okay. All right? Where, where, how close I am to a purple belt. 10 is purple. 10 is purple. One is, one is blue belt, where I'm at now. New blue belt. Yeah. All right? Okay. On a three count. One, two, three, three. Zero? Zero? No, I'm just joking. Bro, come on. Zero is a little, that's <laughs> no, a little listen, crazy. Uh, no, absolutely not. Dude, you're, uh, let me ask you a question before I answer. Okay. I like this. Let's say, I want to hear your thoughts. What's, first off, what's a blue belt? What, if you had to promote, you're looking at someone, what are the boxes they have to check before they become a blue belt? Ooh, I like this. And then I want you to answer for purple belt. Okay. Um, so put it in perspective. Think about what a black belt is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then just kind of take it. Oh, this is a good question, bro. This is a really good question. Two more stripes. Uh, so I think uh, <laughs> two more stripes. Yeah, yeah, about to promote you on this one. <laughs> um, so I think a, a blue belt should be able to 
again, I'm an idiot. Uh, a blue belt should be able to, the guy off the street, if he was to come into the gym to train, you should be able to point, a new dude walks in, no matter what height, frame, size, doesn't matter. You should be able to point at someone like me, who's at blue belt, and be like, yo, roll with him, and he shouldn't be able to do anything on me. Having never trained. Now, if he's a wrestler, maybe you give me a pass, but like he shouldn't submit me. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know what I mean? 100%. But I, I would see it as like, yo, this dude is 6'3, 225, was a D1 wide receiver at Ohio State. Now he wants to do jujitsu. Go with him. Like the size and the weight doesn't matter. Yeah. But like. So take it a step further though. Because um, we can't, let's say, you know, there's a bunch of people in class. You want to do promotions, but we don't have this to judge so what what would make that possible for you to be able to handle somebody regardless of how big or strong or their size off the street like what would a person at blue belt level have to possess what kind of what kind of techniques what what qualities would they have to possess to, to make that happen since we can't obviously make that test right. happen all the time i think being able to get someone in mount and holding them there and just being able to just kind of just side control keeping them there for a whole round at that level, I feel like that's what you should be able to do. So at Blue Belt, like you have a basic understanding, because this is how I look at it, you have a basic understanding of jujitsu. Yeah. Right? And then you have a move from everywhere. You're starting to kind of get like an idea of what's working, what's not working. Um, but you have the basics down. Right. Right? Everywhere. Something from top, something from bottom. You have a sweep, you have a pass, you know, and you may spam the shit out of it, but you got something, right? And then a purple belt. What is the purple belt? I'm not going to answer. Oh, I mean, bro, if you can't fucking get submitted by the same move three times in a round all the time like I do, like an asshole <laughs> fucking diving into triangles. Ah, it's not necessarily true, man. Some people, like, dude, there's some people who just, they have a good understanding of how to make something happen, right? So. Well, I think. So that purple well, belt, what would you need? Purple? I feel like being able to implement the leg lock stuff. To at least be able to know how to, like, now I at least, and what I did was for a whole month, bro, I would start 50-50s with, like, Ryan and X and Corey. And it sucked because I felt like I wasn't giving them anything. Yeah. and But that at least made me comfortable enough to now, all right, yo, they have my ankle. I'm not entirely in danger. Yeah. Don't Feeling stay there. Don't yeah. stay there for 20 seconds because then sure. you will be. But now I understand, oh, I rotate my hips this way. I go opposite. I go into it. Like that, at least understanding it. But for purple, I feel like at purple, you got to to be a purple belt, in my opinion, bro. You have to be able to smash all consistently people above you. Purple, you have to be able to smash everyone blue belt and under. Blue belt and under and like be able to give brown and black belts at least a competitive role. I'm not saying to go out there and submit them three times or whatnot. Maybe you don't submit them at all, but... It's at least a good role, like what I was talking yeah, to you yeah. about before. Yeah, I would say, so in my opinion, it's like blue belt, you have a good understanding, you got something from everywhere. Purple belt is like, you're a shitty black belt. That's how I look at it. Once you're a purple belt, like you have a good understanding of what your game is. You have a well-rounded game, the foundation set. And now the difference between you and that brown belt is maybe like you have a really good darts, right? Like so, the dar listen. listen be, you have a darce that's like your darce. You could say is already purple belt, brown belt level. Right? Yo, so you know what's crazy? I was gonna make a joke and be like, because I've, I've told people in the past that my my, my front headlock game is like two stripe purple belt. 
But everything else is like three stripe white belt. And that's, that's legit. How we get yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's legit though. That's that. That's what I was gonna say. Is like you have, um, you have things that you're really good at, and now you have to just kind of basically do that. Like so, with your darts, you have setups from different positions. You know how to get in and out of the darts yeah. from more than one spot. Where it's like a good a blue belt has a darts, a really good darts from one scenario or two scenarios. I Purple see belt can see a darts from fucking everywhere. Got it. Right. Um. So then the next step to brown belt and black belt is just timing, more entries, more exits, more setups. And then would that be- More traps, right? Would that be encompassing all the moves together? Yes, their game is like well-rounded, top, bottom, right? Their guard, their escapes, is everything solid. And then the difference moving forward would be timing, setups, traps, right? So like your black belt, you're just a shitty black belt, but your game's there. Like when you go from purple belt to black belt, you're, like, you're not going to be doing too many different things. You're just going to have a lot more setups and a lot more ways to get in and out of those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, And then the totally. timing sharp. So brown belt to black belt. Brown belt to black belt. Just with shittier timing, right? So like you, you can feel you're, you're forcing less things. You can feel what's going on a lot better in your setups and everything's a lot smoother. But to me, like when you get purple belt, man, like you're a terrible black belt. Like you're on your way, man. You're halfway there. Like that's a huge milestone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how I look at like the belts. Damn. That's dope, bro. That's my opinion. Like I said, all instructors don't maybe look at things like that. Some some people do like strict, like, hey, show me an arm bar from close guard. Show me four of them. Show me this, show me that. And then that's the next belt. To me, it's like more application. I'm con I'm seeing you do it on different people. You're like, you're not just hitting that Dars on this guy who, you know, has one particular style or one body type. Right, you're right, able right. to do it on multiple people, right? Right. So that's like that's just my opinion, you know, and how I look at things. I mean, yours would definitely matter more than mine when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> so. Why I just mean in, in, you know, yeah. coaches in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, Don't quote sure. me on all that for everyone. Dude, uh, again. So where do you think you're at? Let's get back to that question. I think on I'm On the a, scale of one to 10. I think I'm a four. Four? About halfway yeah, there? Yeah, Because I think, I mean, everyone kind of knows my game now. I mean, I also promote it. That That's all I do. Um, but I still get them. So yeah. I feel like that is, I want to stop doing them a little bit so I could work on like other shit. Would you recommend that? I like would if recommend. I just went the rest of the summer till September, like I don't do any Dars Anacondas. I don't think so. You know why? Because I, I had this problem. I was guillotining everyone for a long time. I had a good guillotine man. And then I stopped doing it because I was just good at it. It got boring. So I got away from it. And then when I, wanted, when I needed the guillotine, it was, it was rusty as shit. Oh. And so then it forced me to be Oh, like, dude, if my darts gets rusty, it's yeah, a wrap. Just take sharp. the belt, take everything, bro. <laughs> so yeah, you got to like keep so it sharp. Okay. You gotta, every, every tool you got, every weapon you got, you got to keep sharp, right? So then I started like, man, I got a shitty guillotine, so now I got to work on it again. But now everyone's good at defending it. Mm. So now when I get good at it again, it's going to be that much better because now I'm doing it on people who are really good at defending. So what I would recommend instead of you stop doing it, I would recommend coaching more people on how to get out of it. So that now they have an idea of how to get out of it. Now you're forced to, maybe not to use the same setup. Now you, you're forced to trick them, set a trap a different way or figure out how to get it from a different business. So it just expands like your knowledge on the darts because you're giving them the outs to it, you know? Wow. That's what I would recommend instead of like stop doing it. You know? I love this. Damn, that was good. Dude, this was fun, man. Yeah, I, appreciate I appreciate your time, me, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was we'll great. We'll definitely do it again, us, me, uh, my brother and you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, as always, it's nice to see you outside of a rash guard. Yeah, for sure, man. I only see you at the gym. So. I thought about wearing one, man. <laughs> John Donner. Right? 
Yeah, done it. just always ready. You know, I think I'm wearing a rash guard tomorrow at the fights. Like, you know, just shit, just in case underneath, just, just in case mouthpiece in the pocket, <laughs> some shit. You know, <laughs> yo, Jerry, tell the people where they can find you, your social media, anything you need to pr promote. The floor is yours. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Jshap BJJ. Um, we got our Shap Bros page. Um, also on Instagram, follow Syndicate MMA. Um, come check us out if you guys are in town. If you're visiting, come try class. And then uh, I got my Patreon. If you guys want to. Uh, Keep up to date with our weekly moves um, and any other content I'm giving, you know, kind of little talks like this, Q&As. Um, I started the Patreon. Um, thanks to Nick, actually. He's been helping me out a lot with that and, you know, helping increase my knowledge on content and creating it and making this happen. So um, I appreciate you, man. And uh, But, yeah, we started it for all our students, mostly for our students to be able to, you know, we go out, everyone goes out of town or they have to miss a week because of work. And everyone gets upset, like, hey, man, I'm sorry I missed last week. What do we do? Will you catch me up? And obviously that's impossible to do when you got class sizes the way we do um, with everyone. So um, I gave them an opportunity to kind of go back and be able to keep up to date with, with what we're doing throughout the week or for the day. Or, uh, you know, anyone wants to ask me any specific questions, almost private lessons. We could do whatever. So um, go check that out. It's uh, Jerry Shapiro, BJJ, I believe, on Patreon. So um, That is what it is, folks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I forgot the handle. But, yeah, go check me out, and uh, I appreciate you having me again, man. Dude, uh, I can't thank you enough, man. And I know nowadays a lot of people are uh, not comfortable showing love, but I, I got mad love for you and your brother. Um, you guys have made me fall in love with jiu-jitsu. Uh, I always loved it, but now it's like if I, if I don't train, I feel like I'm Need a fix. You know, yeah, so I appreciate that, man, because it's a big part of my life, and I – when I first moved here, dude, I wanted to find a place where I could go and, like, enjoy. Yeah. And I'm happy that I found that. Also by accident that I found the gym. For sure. But that's for another time. So, at Nick Day, it's 10, as you can find me, veteransminimum.com for all things VM. Join the Patreon. Get the episodes early. You probably listen to this early if you are a member of the Patreon. And also, it's $5 a month. You guys spend money on way worse. I know most of you. I, I know most of you. Show some love. Tag us if you're listening to the show, and we'll catch you guys next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.